Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. The U.S. House voted uh, uh, last night, yeah, last night, to approve the bipartisan debt ceiling deal, taking a step towards averting a default on U.S. debt and securing a victory for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who managed to keep his caucus together enough, despite a challenge from House Freedom Caucus members intent on securing greater spending concessions from the Biden White House. So is the story at National Review by Jeff Zameri. After a few hours of debate, the measure passed in the chamber with 314 members in favor and 117 members opposing. 314 to 117. A total of 149 Republicans and 165 Democrats voted for the bill. I'm going to give you those numbers again. 149 Republicans, 165 Democrats. So, yes, that is a bipartisan deal. But if you have more Democrats (laughs) than Republicans, (laughs) isn't it really a Democrat bill at that point? Wouldn't it be a Democrats bill, not a Republican bill? Because most Republicans are not for it. Seems to me like that would be the way it would be defined or described. The bill goes to the Senate where Senate lawmakers are going to try to rush through and pass it before the uh, uh, default, right? Members of the caucus, have they even voted? Let me see here. Uh, I don't think they voted on it yet. Um, Members of the House Freedom Caucus believe the deal uh, did not go far enough in restoring pre-COVID spending levels. Democrats also face dissent from the more progressive wing of their caucus. Um, We are waiting to hear from Congressman Dan Bishop, uh, who was going to be calling us, but there was a... Hang on a second. Hang on. I'll double check and see if there's anything in the... Okay. No. I, I gave them the number, so... I'm just checking to see if they emailed to be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, hang on a second. Let me check my phone, see if there's any text messages here just to see. I'm just checking. Uh, No. Okay. So uh, there was a piece I saw at uh, Issues and Insights, and it talks about the debt itself. So all of the talk about the debt ceiling, yes, yes, important. Yes, yes, very horse racy. Before we, you know, get to the election horse race coverage, which is really what the media is interested in getting to. Because, I mean, it's easy. Like the debt ceiling coverage is all about, will they get a deal? Will they not get a deal? Oh, my gosh, there's a deadline. Could you imagine buying a car with these people, these media people? Could you imagine going in to buy a car and having these people on your side in the negotiation? Oh, my gosh, it would be insufferable. (laughs) Right? Like, well, I don't know. Like, oh, he, he put us on a deadline. Yeah, well, they, they put everybody on deadlines. It's a, it's a tactic. 
That doesn't mean that it's real. Oh, Pete, I can't believe you said that. Janet Yellen says, yeah, Janet Yellen says. Yeah, I wasn't under the uh, impression that that the the deadline for the deal was the catastrophe in waiting that everybody claims uh, it would be. I think eventually, yes, you do have to do something, and it definitely rattles the markets. I'm not saying that, but there are stop gaps that they can do to make it go on longer. But anyway, it gave the media the deadline, and it gave them the horse race coverage, and it allowed them to you know, focus on these, these actors. What's the... What was the old line? You know, small minds talk about people. Great minds talk about ideas, I think is something like that. And all the focus is on the people. Will McCarthy win? Will Will Dan Bishop be able to get more concessions? What about Patrick McHenry? Right? And they talk with them, or they, they do their, their stories, and the, the focal points... Wait, 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 wait. Hang on a second. So the focal points are always the people, but now I'm just seeing something come across the wire. Breaking news. The Senate votes to repeal Biden's student loan forgiveness plan? The White House says Biden will veto it. I did not have that on my bingo card. Did not have that. That's according to uh, CNBC. All right, so this insight in uh, or sorry, issues and insights editorial board. The website is issuesinsights.com. And they talk about all of the focus on the debt ceiling, but the the real problem here is the debt, right? That it's not the ceiling. The ceiling just lets you borrow more. I mean, you could have a like I have a credit card that has like a million dollar credit limit. But I don't and they keep saying, well, Pete, you know what? Your credit has been expanded. You get more now. We'll give you $2 million. And I'm like, I don't use credit cards. I learned my lesson. Don't use credit cards. Don't run up credit. Oh, I'll give you $3 million. That's your debt ceiling now. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not, I'm, I'm not spending it. Right? That's the problem. Raising the debt ceiling is only a problem if you then spend up to the debt ceiling. And that's the problem. Right? That is the problem. It's the spending. What was his name? Rick Santelli from uh, CNBC. I think it was CNBC, right? From the floor of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Stop spending. Stop spending. Stop spending. Launched the Tea Party movement in 2009, 2010, right? It's the debt that poses the real and immediate crisis. And this debt ceiling deal does nothing to address that. And therein lies the rub. We have unprecedented spending during the pandemic. Not only does the government owe interest on $3 trillion more debt now than it did when Biden took office. So not only do we have $3 trillion more in debt that's racking up the interest, but the interest rates are up thanks to the inflation, which was due to all of the additional spending. Exactly. In just the past year, quarterly federal interest payments 
went up 54%. If you look back at a chart, at a line graph of, uh, of, of the uh, federal interest payments, okay? So this is just the payments that we make on the interest. We're not even, we're not even hitting the principal, right? No, that's not a senior prank. No, I'm, I'm not telling. No, we're not, e- we're not even touching the principal here. We're hitting just the interest. This is like you, you ran up 10 grand on your credit card and they're charging you, I don't even know what's the current, it was like 26% or something. And they're like, oh, the minimum payment is only $180 or something. And so you're like, oh, well, I'll just pay that. All you're paying there is interest. You're not, you're not touching the, 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 the principle of the debt, the, the, the stuff you actually borrowed. And if you don't knock that down, then you don't ever get out of debt, ever. And being in debt means you are unfree. When you start thinking in those terms and you, you realize what debt does to you, for example, do you have the freedom to take a couple days off of work and uh, go tour someplace, go visit somebody, go travel or whatever, go buy a television set or some other commodity? Do, do you have that that ability to do it just on, on a moment's notice. And if you don't, that means you're not free because you owe somebody money or you haven't saved enough money, right? This is the like, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money, right? That's the root of the evil. Money, money is just a unit of barter. That's it. It's because you can't trade time for for other goods and services in all circumstances. And it's a bartering economy. And so they're like, hey, you know what? How about we just come up with a unit of currency? And right now it's all based on the, quote, full faith and credit of the U.S. government. But the money itself does, it doesn't have any intrinsic value. It's not tied to any kind of uh, precious metal like silver or gold, right? It's not tied to anything. So it just has value because we believe it has value. And when we stop believing it has value, it's over. Game over. And that's what happens when you inflate a currency. This is the concern. So when you look at this line graph and you see the quarterly federal interest payments, just the interest payments, and it go back, it goes back to uh, like 2010, and you can see it's a hockey stick graph. And the hockey stick explodes in quarter three, 2022. Well, okay, it's not exactly a hockey stick because like it's not flat line. So it's kind of like a hockey stick, but that long handle part, right, the horizontal part, that's still kind of bending upwards. <laughs> and then it just really bends up sharply in 2022. That's the crisis. That's the problem. That's not being addressed in the debt ceiling deal. Net interest on the national debt is going to top $660 billion this year. Net interest. In five years, interest payments are going to be over a trillion dollars. In a decade, the interest on the debt will exceed the Defense Department budget by 30%. We'll spend more on interest payments than we will on defense. Not sustainable. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. I want to welcome back to the program the former Mecklenburg County Commissioner, former state legislator, and now current congressman. And uh, he's making all of the rounds on, I think, every single <laughs> every single television station that I look at. It's Congressman Dan Bishop from North Carolina. How are you, Dan? I'm fine, Pete. <laughs> I, 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 I've been curious, as I was thinking about having this conversation, you know, you, you're the guy that always gets to the details and uh, figures stuff out. And so I was curious what I haven't been able to get my peak calendar fixed Um uh, as uh, things have been a little busy in Washington this week, but I bet you've got this one nailed down pretty good. Well, I I got to tell you, like on when the first when the details were first coming out, I was like, okay, or I should say the not the details. When the first pitch came out, I was thinking, okay, well maybe this is okay because I know you only got Republicans got one of the three legs of the stool, so you're going to have to do some dealing. So I get that, but then it seems like some of the stuff didn't turn out to be. True. And so, uh, like Kevin McCarthy says, we stopped the Democrats from writing a blank check after the largest spending binge in American history. I don't think that's true, though, have they? No, we didn't. Uh, and in fact, we, I mean, really, the sum total of it, I believe, if you're being honest, is that we got next to nothing. We got uh, a two year freeze of spending at the much ramped up post-COVID levels, and we got um, some permitting reform that is a little beyond my expertise, but it does appear to be some substantial benefit to it, although it could also be used to advance all the Green New Deal projects in the Inflation Reduction Act that we were unable to touch. And really everything, every single other thing, I mean, you have to take them one at a time to get it. But right. They're illusory, and that's why I was curious, and you've summed it up at the outset, that, you know, you, you read stuff, it doesn't say what they said it said. Well, and with the PAYGO, for example, right? I remember this at the local budget level. PAYGO, sounds like a great idea, and we heard it, oh, this is part of the PAYGO, so the executive branch can't really get in there and spend a bunch of money just through bureaucratic fiat. But then the the director of the Office of Management and Budget turns around and says, well, yeah, I can waive that whenever I deem it necessary. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, you know, so the bill's not that long, about 99 pages. I read every word as did staff and everything. And that's the first thing when you, you got to that one. Yeah, and, and let me just pause and reiterate that what you just articulated, because we had a pay go, it was a little different in Mecklenburg County. You mentioned I was a county commissioner all those years ago. Harry Jones had a pay go program. This thing is what they, they refer to it as administrative pay go, but it was something that it was a, done uh, as an internal rule by the Trump administration. But it says if the bureaucracy is setting for putting forward a new rule or regulation that has economic impact of X, and there has to be taken away some rule that would have like economic, you know, uh, cost. So it would be offsetting. You would not have this constantly increasing 
regulatory cost burden on the economy. That's the idea. But as you say, the language is that the Biden administration can unilaterally waive it, but it goes beyond that. It actually has language in that says, and any such waiver cannot be challenged in any court of law. So it makes it very clear that it's <laughs> it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Kevin McCarthy's negotiators insist that that is a structure that can be made to be workable over time and so forth. Maybe so, but the question is, what do we get in the deal for in exchange for an unlimited accrual of debt for a year longer than the House Republican Conference approved in the bill we passed? Probably to the tune of $4 trillion could be a good bit higher than that. $4 trillion, I shouldn't say that number too casually. $4 trillion, yeah. It's... It maybe the they're banking on the fact that you got an election, which now this is off the table until after the election. I heard your comments about that outside the uh, Capitol. Um, but the it, it pushes it out past that. But on the other hand, maybe they're banking on you know, look if it's well if we maintain control, then we can come back and do something after that. And to your, I saw your interview or your exchange with the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, as well. Um, you know, Gingrich seems to think that this is like first step. Of many, and this is the good foundation. You disagree? There's just there's just nothing to it, Pete. Mm. I mean, it cannot be construed that way. In fact, what was evident in speaking with Speaker Gingrich, former Speaker Gingrich, on Fox on on Sean Hannity's television program, but it, but the reason that came about was because I was last minute uh, slotted in to, to uh, exchange, have an exchange with him on his radio show that afternoon, and Newt would say. These things, he would list off two or three of these things that were good, and then I'd come over and explain why each one of them is not in the bill, in the way they said it. And then Sean was sort of shaken, and he would say, Mr. Speaker? (laughs) (laughs) And he would sort of stammer around a few minutes and then name two or three other items, like work requirements, and I'd say, but there are the additional work requirements. They just expand it to a few other years, like from age 50 to 55, but then they have three brand-new categories of exemptions that would take everybody from which everybody uh, avoids work requirements, like homeless and veterans and um, uh, people recently in foster care. And yes, indeed, it has turned out that the CBO says their work requirements provision in the rep- that the Republicans wanted will expand welfare. We're going to have more people on food stamps than less. That, so, I mean, to me, Pete, the problem this gets right at is what my really, my heart of, of everything I've done in politics, which I fear that Republican credibility hangs by a thread. And people like this seem to be incinerating it by coming out and making claims that are just not so. It would be better, far better, to come back and say, we just were up against a wall, and we had to essentially concede just to get, you know, I don't even know what the explanation would be, I don't think you say it that way, but I, but you just can't come out and claim a bunch of benefits that are false. And um, I think we've done that, – that turns out to be a bad deal for the American people. And you can see in the vote, more Democrats voted for this bill than did Republicans. And, of course, that means a significantly larger percentage of their caucus, which is smaller in the House, obviously. So it's, a, it's not a happy day. Congressman Dan Bishop, I appreciate you making some time for us. I know you're very, very busy, and uh, I'll keep watching for you on uh, on on the TV <laughs> and uh, and on Twitter. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Rep. Uh, J. Dan Bishop. So uh, appreciate your time. Safe travels Thanks, back Pete. to Charlotte, and uh, uh, have a good weekend. Take care. All right, you too.
All right. Hey, real quick. It is estimated that more than 6 million Americans have Alzheimer's. It affected my family. My grandpa had it. New research and treatments are showing promise, but there's still a long way to go. So can you help me by supporting the Alzheimer's Association's Western Carolina chapter? The Family Dance Party Charlotte's on June 10th from 1 o'clock until 5 o'clock. It's at the Roxbury Nightclub in Uptown Charlotte. Go to Mix1079.com and get tickets and come bust a move on the dance floor or donate tickets to a family that's battling the disease. The Family Dance Party is presented by Jameson Realty. Again, if you can help us out, I appreciate it. Go to Mix1079.com and thank you for considering the request. Thanks again to Congressman Dan Bishop. Uh, for joining me, things are crazy up on Capitol Hill, as you might imagine. So we got uh, we, we were lucky to grab him when we could. Um, but it's it, it's kind of weird, and, uh, like to see him <laughs> on all these TV stations all the time. And it's like, like I remember him when he was a brand new guy. He had just won elect. He had just won a district five county commission race, <laughs> and it's like. He thought he was going to be in the Republican majority on county commission. It turns out he was not. <laughs> they lost. But he won his seat. And then the Republicans lost control of the county commission. I don't know if they ever got it back, actually. I think that might have been the last time. And uh, so, yeah, he had to learn the ropes as a, a member of the the minority. And he's running up against a lot of Republicans. You know, this, quote, swamp mentality and this this way of doing business. And I said this at the beginning, I can understand the arguments being like, we can't get all the stuff we want. But what it sounds like Dan is, is, is really, he, what's, what, what really chaps him here is that the stuff that they were told initially, what, what, what they were getting which is why they got a lot of uh, blowback on the progressive side, right? A lot of lefties were like, oh, this is terrible. But the further out we get here, it seems more like that was, uh, that was marketing. I went over the other day, some of the, it's always good. You got to read the lefties. You have to read them because their initial reaction was, catastrophe but then again it's like okay well that's the lefty's reaction to everything so you got to just take that with a grain of salt but you find out that you know the white house is putting out these talking points saying hey just a heads up we couldn't get everything we wanted and all this and then you start reading the lefty analysis and they start coming to the conclusion hey we were worried about this no big deal hey we were worried about that no big deal oh we thought this was going to be so much worse it's not don't worry and as you start going through you realize they're not unhappy with it really at all. And so what then do I make of the initial announcements? What do I make of the initial pitch, right? The stuff that, that I was told were, were good gets. And I've got, see, it's part of journalism. Not that I am a journalist. I'm just a talk show host. But I used to be a journalist. And part of being a journalist is keeping a record. That's why I'm still old school. I print out all this stuff. I have all of this show prep printed out. I, I, yes, I mean I use, I use a laptop here while I'm on the air, and I look at the, you know, stuff as it's coming in, and I will pull up stories here, absolutely. But all my show prep is, as Limbaugh would call it, the stack of stuff. It's all of this printout, all the pay, all the articles printed, highlighted, notes made, and then I keep track of them. I file them. 
I have different stacks on a shelf at the home where I've got stuff to file for archive, an ongoing stack, right? And I've got evergreen topics, things that connect. And that's why I end up connecting different stories over the course of like two weeks and they'll all kind of fold into each other because sometimes it takes that long to make those types of connections. Well, this is one of those stories because you look at some of the initial reporting and I read some of this on the air. Um, some of the the initial reaction from people on the right that were saying this is a good deal. They were saying, um, here it is. Liberty Prosperity Blog by Gary Gross, Minnesota-based blogger. Dan Bishop's new definition of getting zip for the debt ceiling deal. And he attacks Dan Bishop. And he says, uh, the biggest reform is the tightening of work requirements for federal food aid. But but no, it wasn't. You just heard, you just heard Dan say that. And I it, that came out later. The CBO scored it as actually a $2.9 billion increase, right? So the initial reaction... And the initial response, guys like Newt Gingrich were, were pitching, were coming from the Speaker's office. We're coming from the negotiators. Are, are, so were they wrong? Were the talking points that went out, were they wrong? Or did, did you guys like make a mistake on that? Or were they lies? Did you try to deceive with the belief being that, well, once we kick this can far enough away, then, you know, people will forget all about it and that we don't have to worry about this until after the election. Now, like, we'll see what happens. I try not to impugn people's motives. We'll see what happens with the appropriation bills and that process. Because that's part of this, too. But I'm not so sure that that's that that's going to get triggered like we've been promised either. But we'll see. What do I know, right? I'm just a radio host. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Alrighty, so a couple of messages here I've gotten on the uh, debt ceiling fight and such in the interview there with Dan Bishop. Pete, regarding, and this is to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com, regarding the debt ceiling bipartisan deal, my, yours, everyone's children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren will be debt slaves for the rest of their lives. The Republican Party again demonstrated why they are called the stupid party. Um, Kevin says, would like to hear Patrick McHenry defend his yes vote. Uh, we will have Patrick McHenry on tomorrow. So uh, we will all hear uh, his explanation there. Um, this is Pete. The only North Carolina representative to vote against the debt limit monstrosity was Dan Bishop. And that includes conservatives, quote unquote, like Patrick McHenry, Virginia Fox, Greg Murphy, and all the Democrats, but one who did not vote. What does that say about NC voters? Um. 
This is from Bob. What should one expect from the master mm, malarkey makers, let's say, uh, which call decreases in the rates of increases in government spending cuts, which is true, by the way, only in government accounting would a lower than expected increase count as a cut, right? It's still an increase in spending. I'm going to spend $100 million this year. Next year, my budget is $101 million. And then the elected people are like, no, you're only going to spend the same amount, $100 million. Oh, my gosh, you cut my budget by a million dollars because I wanted $101 million and you're only going to give me $100 million. But Yeah, but you're already, you're already spending $100 million. It's not a cut. Just peruse the aggregate annual dollar outlays. Pre-pandemic, $4 trillion. Moving forward is $6 trillion. It's hard to hide the bloat, even with government budget sleight-of-hand tactics. It's true. It builds in the COVID funding levels, right? Government spending was $4 trillion a year. They added $2 more trillion, and that was bipartisan, folks. Yes, it includes the Inflation Reduction Act, which actually created the Inflation Creation Act. And so you've got that, but you also have all of the pandemic relief funding, which a lot of that money is still sitting around unspent, which they tried to get at in this deal. But, you know, of course, Democrats would see a penny, spend a penny, but it's like, oh, I can't fit any more pizza in my mouth. I am so full. I can't take this calzone. They're, they can't even spend it all. The debt is out of control. But that's I've been saying that for 20 years. And people before me were saying it for 40 years before that. The debt held by the public is going to equal the entire GDP by next year. Next year, the entire GDP, that is everything that we make. Every service, every manufactured product, every good, everything, all of it. The debt will be more than that. The only time that happened in our history, World War II. So is there something you guys want to tell us? I don't know. Is it like something, I don't know, internationally going on? Maybe we should be aware of something going to get, going to get hot pretty soon? What's happening? The difference is this debt is just going to keep on piling up. In just the next six years, we are on track to add $10 trillion and then another $10 trillion in the four years after that. So if you look at 10 years out, we are on track to add $20 trillion. And that assumes there's no recession. Social Security and Medicare deficits are ballooning. Social Security is going to run a deficit of $119 billion this year. Medicare is going to start running its deficits in 2025. And combined, those two programs are going to be running annual deficits totaling $500 billion every single year. And so that just gets added into the debt. Just keep adding more debt, adding more debt, adding more debt. Even Republicans are not willing to talk about reforming these entitlements, quote unquote. During his State of the Union speech, Joe Biden basically got Republicans on the record defending Social Security and Medicare. 
Donald Trump is hammering away Ron DeSantis right now for supposedly wanting to cut these programs. So if you think anything's going to change anytime soon with this, you're kidding yourself. Neither party, neither party, leadership and most rank and file apparently have any appetite to get this under control. So by all means, enjoy your celebration over your debt deal. <laughs> 